Welcome to Switcheroo, a dirty little podcast about religion, sex, and all the in-between parts. With your hosts, Maggie Baxter, an atheist turned evangelical, and Nick Vu, an evangelical turned atheist. You can only hear me softly, right? You're killing me softly. I'm killing you softly with this song? Yeah. Yeah. Bitch song. (laughs) Ah, No, that's... (laughs) That's a that's from Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> yeah, there is a dope uh, Lauren Hill mural in, on the South End in Soto, and I pass it a lot. South End of Chicago, Seattle, Seattle, Soto, South Seattle, South South of the Dome, South of the Dome. There's oh, is that what D S stands for? Mm-hmm. There's no dome anymore, though. Well, usually it's South of Downtown. Yeah, that's like New York is Soto. Yeah. In uh in Seattle it's south of the dome. AKA that makes sense. The King Dome. Yeah, which doesn't exist. Nope. It got imploded. Now it's the T Mobile Park Center. Yeah. I don't know what it is. T Mobile Park. But it has that convertible roof. It's really cool. It opens and closes. It seems wildly over engineered. <laughs> Extremely expensive and yeah. stupid. And when it's closed, you can still get rained on depending where you're sitting. Yeah, couldn't they have just had a retractable tarp? <laughs> I was sitting in the backyard sipping on a minty drink. I saw a girl standing there, she was mowing the lawn. I said, hesitating, who's this girl back here? That's the lawnmower girl, what's she doing? Is she talking on the telephone? risk of verging on blue humor i had diarrhea this morning yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the kind of podcast this is i guess <laughs> we even had, we even just had a conversation about like, <laughs> are we getting a little too blue uh, maybe too blue i don't know i mean did you have something to say about the diarrhea or is that like the end of your joke no that's it the just, complete and full it's not a joke it's the truth well, the the telling is the joke. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable, and it happened at church. So, mm-hmm. does your butthole itch? No, that's hemorrhoids, right? Or if you don't wipe well. <laughs> yeah, and I would know <laughs> because you don't wipe well. ever, <laughs> ever. <What>? Why not? Ha 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 <laughs> I wish that you were laughing at something that I was saying. <laughs> just re- Talk more about your your poops. <laughs> okay, so it was just like a little dime size. No, like, don't <laughs> talk about your poops. It was a joke. That was my joke. My joke was pretending like I wanted to hear about your poops. <laughs> your joke. Was pretending that you wanted to hear my jokes. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. Super funny. Well, have better jokes. Okay. <laughs> you, you have better jokes. You have better jokes. Okay. Let's get an intern. Okay. A super hot intern. A sexy intern. Male or female? Oh, or non, non-binary. Yeah, 
Oh, non-binary. Let's get a non-binary, and then we can both seduce them. (laughs) 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 Never. Never, I wouldn't. We have to be professional on this podcast. Yes. Don't seduce the intern. Well. Can we name the intern already? Like, even if they have a different name, can we give them a, a podcast name? Like Guadalupe? Yeah. Or Fernando. Oh, for, oh, Fernando. I like Fernando. Do you hear the drums, Fernando? I will always remember us marching around our living room, singing the Fernando song with Andy, who is the author of The Lawnmower Girl yes. song. Our intro song. Yes. And we would put our fingers under our noses as if we had Pencil-thin mustaches. Pencil-thin Spanish mustaches. Yeah. That song... Is about something, but I don't know what. Oh, is Fernando a euphemism? I don't think so. I think it's about, I think it's a, about a person named particular, Fernando. Like a particular war and a person named Fernando. Oh. Like I think like it's, it's an a actual story. Song. Like it's a historical song. Okay. I think so. And there was something in the air that night. <laughs> Doesn't Lady Gaga have a Fernando song too? Uh, No. What is her song? Alejandro. Alejandro. Ale Alejandro. Yeah. That's right. I always. <laughs> but those. it would be funny if it was yeah. Fernando. Fernie, Fernie, Fernando. Fernie, Fernie, Nando. <laughs> Bernie, Fernie, Fernando. <laughs> That'll be the name of our intern. <laughs> Fernando, Fernando, Fernando. Bernando. Fernando. Bernardo. 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 Bernardo? Okay. You can do Bernardo. <laughs> Amanda, who does the intro at the very beginning, saying who we are. Yes. She has an alter ego. She has too many alter egos. No, she has a beautiful number of just the right amount of alter ego. Perfect number, but she will have many more before her days are over. And one of them is Fernie Sanders. Governor Fernie Sanders. I like that. Yeah, and because she likes ferns a lot. Okay, is it related to Bernie Sanders? Oh, duh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, to- like, does her alter ego dress up like Bernie Sanders? No, this is just a name she okay. calls herself, okay, it, and it, it doesn't go like if she was in the roller derby, the- she would be Bernie Sanders. Uh, I mean, she'd probably have a saucier name than that, okay. as they do in the derby. Unless she was just really socialist about her roller derbying. While she's cracking skulls, she spreads the elbows to all in yeah. equal amounts. <laughs> She's indiscriminate in her violence. Yeah. <laughs> Fernie Sanders. Fernie Sanders. So how you doing, Maggie? I'm okay. Yeah. Sorry about the beginning of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> about your diarrhea? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm very sorry about it because it was gross. <laughs> you just needed somebody to share in your I needed hard, someone to hard know. times. Yeah, I needed someone to know. And I know. And now everybody knows. Do you feel seen and heard now? Sort Even of. Even though I, I sort of like shut you down. You really put the kibosh on diarrhea talk. And so I feel... We can do better. Okay. I think we can too. I want to strive to be a better comedian. Should I say I had loose stool instead? Is that a more... That's highbrow. Up, up That's skim. highbrow humor. humor. Yeah. Highbrow. We're getting... You're in the going in the right direction. <laughs> okay. And that's all I can hope for, really. Baby uh, steps. Do we want to call Kelly? Or uh, Andy. We could call... Let's yeah. Call, let's call Andy. What's his phone number? <laughs> Do you not have it? I don't think so. Let's look. I'm going to look. 
Hi, Andy. Hey, Andy. You're on the Switcheroo podcast. Welcome. All right. Very important question for you, Andy. Yeah. Who's the lawnmower girl? Um, it was just a vision. It was something that I wanted to happen. I wanted to be physique, and I wanted to have a lawnmower girl that was out there mowing the lawn, and I was sipping a cocktail by the pool. So, so you were manifesting a love of your life? I haven't, though. Maybe. Uh, oh, so it hasn't worked yet? No. So is this kind of a love spell that you're putting out there? No, it wasn't. It was some a picture in my head that I'd love it to come true. I guess that wasn't the if, purpose. If it did come true, would you be concerned that she was always talking on the telephone? No. I would think that's awesome. She doesn't give a shit. Wait, is this someone you're just hiring for landscaping? Or is this like a companion? Well, no, it's just, it's like... Uh, Are you paying her? Uh, <laughs> am I doing, am I banging her? No. no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that too, but... Are you paying her for her lawn services? I don't think she's yeah. mowing the lawn. Is she? She's talking on the telephone. But she's the lawnmower girl. She's mowing the lawn, but she stops and she's just out there talking on the telephone. It's not. I'm not paying her by the hour, so I don't care. She's just doing her thing. She's like, that's her job, and she she's like, this is what I want to do, and it's like, oh. Do you have emotional feelings for this hypothetical lawnmower girl? Yeah. Okay. Very that has not been explicitly stated. In this image, can you describe the clothing that Lamar Girl is wearing? Oh, yeah. She's pretty sweaty, and she's got kind of a <laughs> t-shirt on. Okay. And it's old. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Like re- like threadbare? Yeah. And, and she's wearing shorts, and she's out there. She's got, like, curly, longish hair, maybe. Okay. Um, that's the vision. And really, it's not me. Sazik is sitting... Is, is sitting there in his uh, kind of a speedo, and he's sipping a cocktail by the pool, and he's just like, "Who's this? Who's this girl? This lumber girl?" And she's, you know, kind of earthy. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Who is she talking to on the telephone? Her friends, whoever, keeping in touch. Okay, good. Just keeping in touch, like like us. It's kind of old school of her to not be texting. She's talking like we are to you. Yeah, is she like 45? She must be super old, like us. She's probably like late 20s. Okay. She, she has a rotary telephone. She's a, ta- she's a telephone talker. She's not a texter. She's old school. Okay. Well, thank you for helping to paint a picture of the lawnmower girl for us. Yeah, I'd love to see it come alive visually. Okay, I'll do a, I'll do a cartoon of it. Oh, a painting. A painting. I'll do an oil painting. I love it. Bye, Andy. Bye, we love Andy. you. Bye. Love you guys. I didn't say I love you. <laughs> do you love him? Yeah. I do too. Should I call him back and let him know? Yeah, probably. I'll, I'll do that on my maybe, own time. Yeah, maybe after we're done recording, you should call Andy and say, sorry, sorry, bud. Sorry, bro. I, I love lo- you. I love you. I love you, man. Yeah. So, Nick, are, yeah. You, are you an atheist? <laughs> Am I an atheist? That's a, a good question. Are you an evangelical turned atheist, do you think? Am I an evangelical turned atheist? I'm definitely an evangelical turned something. And there was a time where I adopted the atheist identity. And as said on the last episode, yeah, that's that's not really 
an identity I hold super closely.、Mm-hmm. But there are many parts to each of us, and there's a big part of me that is an atheist. There's also a big part of me that embraces spirituality, especially like Eastern spirituality. What about you, Maggie? Are you are you a goddamn Christian or what? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Well, let me just say when we introduce our program, we talk about how I am an atheist turned evangelical, and I would say no, I am not an evangelical. Okay. Do you were you ever? Yes. And so there was really... a time where it was important that everyone knew about Jesus. Yeah. And I didn't really realize that the tradition that I was practicing was evangelical Christianity until、mm-hmm. someone in church leadership said it, and I was like, "Really? What does that mean?" And then they explained the idea of evangelizing, and basically, any Christian church that believes that we're commanded, Christians are commanded to go and spread the gospel, is evangelical. That's true.、And、Could so, somebody be evangelical about science? Yeah. Totally. Yes, you can evangelize I mean, anything. I agree. Yes,、uh, you can evangelize atheism.、Mm, popsicles. You, oh my gosh, I would evangelize lime popsicles. So, could commercials on TV be called evangelical segments? Evangelical sales segments. Great. Not all of them, because some of them aren't really trying to convince you to buy it. Just. I think they're trying to convince you to buy it. Okay. But. Also, there are certain products that are like they know their target market. Yeah, you're know, like this is for you. This might not be for everyone else. I think a lot of ad agencies not as evangelical take a lot of tips from the evangelical church in general. Oh,、um, do you have specific examples? Well, of that? like there's a particular institution within the evangelical Christian tradition called Young Life. Oh my God, I was so into Young Life growing I was, up. I was. I was so hard into Young Life. I was not into Young Life because all the popular kids at my high school did Young Life, and I didn't know what it was. And they were really bad at evangelizing and didn't invite their unchurched friends. It was just the popular group. So,、mm, like, only the popular group at our high school did Young Life, and they weren't going to people that they thought needed to learn about Jesus. They were just like, "Hey, we get <laughs> a vacation where we get to party." At Malibu, which is a very、oh, Club fancy, Malibu, yeah, very yeah. very fancy Young Life camp.、Mm-hmm. So I didn't,、uh, I didn't really get into it until post high school, and then I was a leader, and then I was even cooler than the cool kids in my high school because、mm. all the high school kids thought I was cool. So I was a Young Life leader also, and who knew? Whenever I see like on TV or something, older people at a high school hanging out. It's super cringy, and then I remember I did that. Yeah. And so, for those who don't know, Young Life is—I think the core of it is it's a high school club. Yeah. And so after school, I don't know, every two weeks or whenever they decide to do it, kids from the high school go, and usually it's led by college students. Yeah. Or. Or people on post college. Yeah, post college. Usually they would be on staff, but not necessarily. Yeah. And you know, there's lots of fun and games and songs. It's actually like I had a blast, and、That's、I made、fun. some really close friends. And so, 
and it was like quite an operation like they had this whole thing like dialed in so the people who were serious about club at young life would join a bible study yep and those were like my tightest friends even still campaigners like years later decades later those were solid people i'm better because i knew you Uh, we've maybe diverged in certain ways but anytime i cross paths with them i'm just like I love you and you're amazing. Thanks for being in my life. And then there's these Young Life camps that they would take people once a year and these sort of resort-like places with a bunch of other kids and tons of cool activities. And I wanted to get a job. I sort of wanted to have my career be working at these camps because it was just such a blast. They're beautiful and so much fun. But the secret hidden part of it is that it's this super, super fun, really engaging environment camp experience and the club experience is fun too games Mm -hmm. music movies dancing art spoken word i mean lots of stuff and then that segment ends and then it's a message so it's someone preaching a message giving a talk giving a talk a young life talk is what they're referred to as Mm -hmm. but it's basically a a sermon given by a college student or a post-college person and it's about jesus and it's a but there's this formula, and that's what I was saying about yeah. like ad agency. There's a formula about like, how to get from the sin talk to the cross talk. There's right. it's like a it's like a way. curriculum almost or a outline. Yeah, so that you can really this. develop the emotional intensity of how people feel about Jesus over the course of a couple weeks. Or at a camp, it's this like very distilled, really intense, less than a week long. We go from your garbage to the cross to you're saved. And a lot of students would come out of those weekends being like, my life is now belongs to Jesus. People are crying I mean, and like, crying. it's. I did a lot of crying at camp. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, even though I was Christian before that in high school, it was a young life camp that got me like very serious about Christianity. Mm-hmm. I am in this, I am choosing it. Yeah. I want to go as hard as I can. Yep. In this. Do you think that that approach is, is it manipulative or is it just, yeah, we're just going to have fun and knowing Jesus can be fun? I feel like there are translatable things that are really valuable in the real world, including contact work, Mm -hmm. which was of the phrase, you have to earn the right to be heard. And so you never started out by preaching at anybody it was like get to know a, a student even get before that was kid. facetime yeah like yeah. not the not the phone phone app. thing but just be seen yeah. by the people like so that yep. they recognize you and then get to know them and get to know their stories and earn the right and i still feel like that's how i want to engage with people all the time is get to know them first before i try and have any conversations about what i believe or what i hope for them or any of my own opinions being put on their story. I just want to hear their stories. I think that the Young Life formula really advanced that quickly. Okay, I met you on the first day of camp. You're a student and I'm a leader and I'm going to spend five minutes getting to know you and then you're going to be immersed in this intense proselytizing that didn't have a lot of follow through often. So like, well, ideally they would go back to their schools and be part of campaigners. Yes. Or part of club or start coming to club. But Mm. like a lot of people would bring their friends, their unchurched friends. Right. right? And then you would get to know them for a week and then 
never hear from them again. You would get their phone number, you would become their Facebook friend, and then you would never see them again. Or they would be like, oh, I didn't really realize this was a Christian thing. I'm not into that. Bye. <laughs> Bye mm. forever. Yeah, it's a little weird that, I mean, they're building trust. This is all an exercise in trust building, which I think is awesome. Great. And that's, I mean, that's how we should be engaging pretty much everything in life. How can we build trust? Are we building trust by doing this? But there is always another motivation, mm-hmm. which was like, okay, I ultimately want them to say the prayer and accept Jesus as their personal savior. I can hold both at the same time. I can genuinely want to know you and learn about you and care about you. But there's a part of me that is like, you're not okay. And I can make you better. And I think that's where I differentiate myself as a Christian versus an evangelical is Mm. I have never felt comfortable having an ulterior motive behind. Like I don't feel comfortable wishing or praying for someone else to meet or know Jesus. I am happy with my relationship with Jesus and I'm happy with my practice, but I don't feel comfortable asking someone else to do that. I did appreciate the idea of small group Bible studies within Young Life with the girls that I would mentor because it often was just about navigating life and not related to the Bible. But here I am, a Christian person. How can I navigate this situation with you based on my values? And a lot of people really appreciated that and respected that. And not all of them are Christians anymore and or were for a season, but we're all still friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I still am in touch with most of the girls that I led in a, in small groups and because I knew them and they knew me and I walked with a girl through an abortion and I didn't try and say, you should go to a crisis pregnancy clinic instead. I walked with her through it because that's what she was going through. That was the decision she made. And so I think that's the distinction for me is I was not trying to impose evangelical or Christian values on anyone. I was sharing my life as a Christian person with other people and we as they became engaged in the bible and engaged in wanting to know more about the bible i would go through that with them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's nice anytime i see a young life sticker it's such complicated feelings (laughs) because it like really molded me and is really what i needed at the time but also i cringe at my participation <laughs> and in, from a really like conservative church perspective young life fell short a lot of times because it didn't get kids to go to church it got kids to come to club there was like a missing link and there's a lot of non-christians who went and yeah. so people would be like those aren't christians here like unless you eating and abetting a church. <laughs> right. yeah these kids are only here for the licorice or whatever the snack was ice cream sundaes yeah (laughs) so were you ever evangelical no i don't think so the churches that i was involved in and that even i was a member of were and even the churches you're involved with now sound like they're very evangelical yes because you're like a professional evangelical i'm a professional evangelical but i am spiritually not an evangelical i do Mm -hmm. not like to I don't even really like to share my faith very openly. And that's a pretty 
important part of being a Christian for mm-hmm. a lot of people is hoping and praying that people will be like me. And I don't want anybody right. to feel like I'm trying to make them be like me because I'm getting it wrong all the time. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> and to say you won't be okay until you're like me. Yeah. It's really. That's... And you know, I, I think people all over, not Christians, are thinking that, right? With your political views, yep. you're total shit unless you agree with my political views. Yeah, they don't or... hold the corner on thinking they're right about everything. Yeah. There's a big segment of our country, the United States of America, who thinks that there's only one way to live life. And that's a certain stage in development when you think that there is one right way. Yeah. And that's useful. Like there's a place for that. You know, it means you don't have to wonder about every single decision. Yeah, it's there's a lot of security. Yeah. In it. There's a lot of security, a lot and a lot of meaning in it too. If I'm fighting the good fight and the righteous fight, then my life means something. Yeah. Right? It's it's prepackaged meaning. Yeah. Which I'm saying that to sound awful, but yeah. <laughs> no. it's it's normal and I think we yeah, I know, even you and I still participate that in that in subtler ways. Yeah. I mean, sure. I uh There's a right way to put the toilet paper on the on the is. roll. And it's under. Under not over. No, it's over. <laughs> This is this is a heavy debated. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, there's there's little things it's like it's not worth our energy to fight it or have to refigure it out every yeah. single time. And so it's a good step to to have reached that. Yeah. I don't know. It's sort of ideological state, but you know, hopefully we can keep moving forward and grow. There's a certain amount of that. peace in in believing that you're right in something and not mm-hmm. in the dark. Yeah. Like you don't have to walk just questioning everything. It's nice to have some solid. Right. You know, it shows a little bit of insecurity in my mind, which I admit to like for myself. Yeah, yeah there's I have lots of insecurities in lots of different places. But if I have to fight for something I believe is true. Is it really that true? Like if I need to get angry at somebody or even, or even disagree, disagree. Yeah. Have confrontations, whatever it is. Am I really secure about that thing? Yeah. What do you, do I have faith and confidence in that thing? What's one thing you feel completely certain of? Oh man, I'm a skeptic at heart. Yeah. Like deeply that I'm having this experience in this moment. That, that you exist. I mean, that goes kind of deep. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Do we really want to get into all this right now? I don't now? know. I'm just... <laughs> the idea that Christianity or a faith practice in in general gives you some sort of foundation to feel secure or, or certain about something, mm-hmm. I think is a very strong pull. It can be grounding, for sure. Really grounding. So I'm wondering if there is something that you feel grounded. What do you feel... What grounds you? That might be a better question. And you can ask this at different scales right like in my day-to-day when i'm working and feeling flustered what can i do to ground myself and then there's like the existential 
what are we? What is life in this universe <laughs> and this blip of time yeah. that we're just shedding blood over and all this intensity that's going to be gone in like the snap of a finger. Yep. Okay. And so what grounds me in my day to day, I have a meditation practice and I read lots of books about Eastern philosophy. And that has helped me so much. Uh, Zen in particular, non-dualism have been really important. And part of that is trying to be playful, not take things too seriously, recognizing that nothing is permanent. Everything will change. If, so if something, something has the nature to arise, it has about. the nature of going away, which is everything. Yeah. So are you certain that? that that change happens? It sure appears that way. <laughs> and I have zero examples to the contrary. <laughs> there was. I freely admit that most of my ideas, and I would say most of everyone's ideas, are security blankets. Yeah. It's us trying to make sense of chaos and seeing the man in, on the moon. We like see patterns yeah. where maybe there are, maybe there's not. And some of us agree on those patterns and others disagree on those patterns. Yeah. I think we're all just trying to feel okay. Yeah. I just want to feel okay. So if somebody's going to believe in Jesus or adamantly not believe in Jesus for them to feel okay, then like, yeah, by all means, yeah, life is fucking hard. Don't hurt someone. Yeah, just don't be shitty about it. Yeah. And that's, I think, what we've said before. I don't care what you believe. Just show me how you treat people. Yep. So maybe that's a little glimpse into my not necessarily atheist views, but skeptic mm-hmm. yeah certainly which is, i think is one of the core values of yeah and you're interested atheists. or you're curious like you have a curiosity about yeah the universe mm-hmm. and how to live well within it yeah yeah and admittedly that is for my own survival like i've had a rough time for a while not now it's it's been a a while since that was the case but it's just like i have to figure this out or else something's gonna give yeah life will be really unpleasant yeah yeah i mean it was already so unpleasant that it's just like i gotta do something and i think i am naturally a curious person so you know when you're super depressed it can be hard to gut off your ass and do anything but you know it's kind of second nature to start looking for paths forward and casting a broad net I'm glad that to what you that did. might be. Yeah, thank you. Me too. I missed you. When? When today? You, when 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 you were in <laughs> no, that <I'm> place. <laughs> like Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. I don't know that we really time. spoke much during that phase at all. I was raising newborns. Mhm. And I was not able to be in anyone's life. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very sad when I understood what you were going through. And I wished mm. that I had been. But you're here now. We and are here now. We are here now. Maybe. Uh, and I, <laughs> yeah, in some sense, <laughs> I didn't reach out to people either. Mm-hmm. There's another part of me. I like to talk about the parts of ourselves because these parts can be very contradictory, mm-hmm. but each 
can have a very like real and clear motivation and way that they engage. Daniel Tiger says, sometimes you feel two feelings at the same time and that's okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, but there's there's a part of me that doesn't want to burden anybody. I think it's why I just hate social dancing. Like I love <laughs> dancing so hard by myself. I've tried to do salsa and zook and some of these other things and blues dancing. I've never heard of zook. And I mean, I've spent probably a good two or three years doing these things, but it was like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. And one of the main reasons was I have to ask somebody and, you know, I'm a male bodied person and it was kind of expected that I would be the lead. And so asking somebody to join me in my fumbling is brutal yeah. and where dancing on my own like hip-hop modern like all these things i can let go it's energizing i don't have to think about it too much just because it's like in my repertoire and then asking somebody to dance sitting through a whole song of me trying to like do, do the, step, the or step. like the three moves i know <laughs> and sometimes these people are obviously been dancing for years and yeah. years and years and they're great I just felt like such an imposition. It would drain me so much and be terrifying. And I'd... and how much more so when you're asking someone to witness your depression. Or... Right, yeah. So when I get sick, I tend to just want to be by myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that is necessarily like a character flaw. It can be hard for me to ask for help, yeah. even when I really, really need it. Yeah. But I made it through. Yeah. I went to therapy. Therapy. Maybe the best money I've Snaps ever for therapy. spent. And I'll say to listeners out there, if you haven't had a good experience with therapy, that happens, try another therapist. Yeah, try uh, again. I've heard... Or another modality. Like a different approach. Yeah, kind of, like or school of I just that. went to my second craniosacral therapy session mm. and it was bananas. I mean, so incredible and a lot more impactful than a lot of their talk therapy I've ever done. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. I do want to hear a little bit about what that is about. Okay. But I do want to say that I have heard that it's less about your therapist's degrees and the methods that they use and all these things and more about how well you connect with this person. I think that's accurate. Are you going to be able to build trust with this person? I was a little bit skeptical of my therapist from the start, but came pretty quickly to just really appreciate that the match. I went to, what do you call it? Uh, it wasn't a private practice. Okay. It's like I went to this- Like a group counseling. A, a group counseling place, yeah. And one advantage to that is they can match you with somebody who they think you'd be a good fit with. And so I was like, hmm, this doesn't seem like who I would have picked from Ash, but maybe that means- that's exactly who I needed. I would get a slightly different perspective. Or be more challenged or, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. If you're not feeling the connection pretty early on, or if you have an immediate revulsion, move on, <laughs> no. find somebody else, someone you can build a connection with and open up to. Okay. Tell me about cranial sacral. Craniosacral therapy. Oh, yes. Um, the particular practitioner that I see specializes in trauma release sessions. So first, when I looked it up, I was dealing with a really, I still am, but six months ago, I was dealing with some pretty intense anxiety. And I've always 
uh, I've been diagnosed with a panic disorder and um, adjustment disorder and depression and lots of things. I'm a highly sensitive person as well, so I'm triggered easily by a lot a lot of things and sent into panic spirals. But I've been really trying to find a different pathway than pharmaceuticals. So I reached out to social media at one point and I said, what are some other approaches that people are using for anxiety? And and kind of told my inner circle of social media sphere that I was going through this pretty difficult time. And two completely different people on completely different spectrums of friendship from me, one very conservative Christian person and one very kind of pagan Eastern spirituality combination, they both recommended craniosacral therapy. And so I thought, okay, if these two people who are on very different ends of some kind of spectrum of spirituality are saying that this has been a helpful modality for them, I'm interested. And it was just two, but two people I trust and respect. So my initial thought, I didn't even, I just Googled someone in my area. (laughs) My initial thought was, this is going to be a head and sacrum massage. That's what I thought I was what getting What is the sacrum? Into. I think it's this. I think it's your pelvis. Sorry, Solar plexus. I, I'm, I'm pointing to my like yeah. pelvic area-ish. I think it's tummy, pelvic bone area or your sit bones. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I thought it was going to be a body massage <laughs> <laughs> and that there was special types of touches that would tap into your psyche and release trauma. I would say from my limited knowledge, my first session was more like Reiki. It was an energy cleansing. I wouldn't say it was an energy healing. I didn't feel healed, but there were really incredible outcomes. My therapist calls it facilitated napping. Uh, My body became so relaxed that I was still lucid and still aware that she was in the room, that she was talking to me. We were having a conversation, but I would be in like a pretty deep dream state. So I'm experiencing things outside of what's happening in the physical room. One thing that happened in my first session was I had just resigned my vocational ministry position at the church that I was working for. And she didn't know that. She didn't know my religious background. She wasn't aware of that. She kind of pulled at energy from different parts of my body by placing her hands under my body and above. And then it's kind of like she's pulling at cobwebs above my body. So she's kind of cleaning the energy away from certain parts. She can kind of draw it out and then clear it away or send it where it needs to go. (laughs) In this one session, she eventually said, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I just wanted you to know that Jesus is here with us. He's holding your feet. He's been helping out. I'm not sure how you feel about that, but, (laughs) and, and I immediately just burst into full on sobs. It was such a beautiful I have zero doubt that that was true. I had no doubt in my in my body. I could feel it in my body. I could feel that there was an extra energy in the room. Mm. It wasn't just her and I. And I had this sense of peace and calm and relief. I think part of it was Jesus communicating, you're leaving the church. You're not leaving our thing that we've got going on. So that was really cool. And then right after that, I had my eyes closed and just waves of purple and white light started cascading over my head. It was dope as fuck. 
<laughs> I mean, it sounds was, trippy. It was so amazing. I've never done hallucinogenics, and it felt like the closest thing that I have ever experienced to a mystical experience. And uh, should we do psychedelics and record an episode? Probably, probably not. That's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole other thing that we need to get into. I, psychedelics is a, a touchy subject. <laughs> yeah. But it felt really incredible. So I just went back to my second session yesterday. Mm. Is she a Christian practitioner? No. There's not crosses hanging on her wall or anything? No, she practices a tradition from the Delicate Lodge. So really based on the medicine wheel. Is that indigenous? Draws from a lot of indigenous practices. She talks through the whole process and, and we communicate. And she was talking about... Wakan and Sasquan, which is like the mother and the father and the earth and the sun. I am not doing it justice. I'm making it sound really cheesy, I feel like, but it is the most beautiful thing. I left wanting to do a, a thousand paintings of all the things she described and all of the things I experienced and a feeling really healed. Well, that's the important part. Yeah. And it felt better than talk therapy for me. I feel like I've done Mm. a lot of talk therapy and really worked out what my issues are. Mm -hmm. And I see a marriage counselor and that's great. And, and we do a lot of really good, use a lot of really good tools with that. But this feels like the, the direction for me. Cool. For listeners, who do you think this would be good for craniosacral therapy and who is it? not for I started because I felt like I was at the end of and you described this too like I have to do something different I can't keep living my life like this because I'm miserable I wasn't finding what I needed through the church I wasn't finding what I needed through medication and I've done cognitive behavioral therapy too where uh, where exposure therapy where you expose yourself to the same things repeatedly so that your brain starts making new connections about what's dangerous and what's not. And that worked to a certain extent, but I needed something new, completely different. So I would say if you have run out of ideas, try it. Mm -hmm. It's been really beautiful for me. Even if you haven't run out of ideas or you're... I mean, someone's going to therapy for the first time. Would this be for them? I don't think so. It's not what society would consider therapy. It's an alternative. Yeah, it's an alternative uh, therapy. Therapy, yeah. And it's not covered by insurance. If you need insurance <laughs> to pay for therapy, don't start here. Start mm-hmm. with someone that you can get covered. Or if you're not in insurance, there are options also. Just to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's for people who are like, I could deepen my self-assurance. I could deepen my self-love. There are things that I've done therapy for and I still am not over. Mm-hmm. I think it's for everybody, but just maybe on different timelines. Yeah, it's funny how certain things are just what you need at a very particular moment. This was my next step. And it feels a little witchy, too. Which, <laughs> if, if you know me, I am veering. feels magical Mm -hmm. and that's part of my my life accounts according Mm -hmm. to my therapist things that i'm doing disciplines that i'm doing in my life to to make my life more useful to me more useful and more magical yeah well magic is one of my high priorities Mm -hmm. 
adding magic in, into my life. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Uh, one of my priorities right now is cultivating wonder. <gasps> and so in my journal every day, I do a review. What moment from the day before held the most wonder? Mm. And when did I feel the most disconnected from wonder and structure some goals for the day around that? I like it. Right now, that's maybe my highest priority. And Mine's creating magic. Cool. Yeah. I think those are very complimentary and I maybe so the exact same thing. Yeah. Sim- Potentially. I think they have the same color. Mm-hmm. I would say a true atheist would maybe scoff at your experience with craniosacral therapy. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's where I w- would like to distance myself and be like, that's yeah. fucking dope. And I also I- think a true atheist would not cultivate wonder. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, my gosh. My friend's roommate is part of this group called The Rationalists and like with a capital R. And I mean, he's a scientist, too. He's deep into science, but he's also like, "Uh, you guys need to like relax. (laughs) (laughs) Can we admit that most of life is intuition? Yes. Even with all these facts, even what facts you choose to believe. And even if you're using deduction and all these things, at some point you have to use intuition. And maybe other things, like magic and wonder. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I wouldn't say anybody should go to cranial sacral therapy because it's the right thing to do. And that makes me not an evangelical for cranial sacral therapy. (laughs) Maybe some episode we could talk about how I commune with spirit guides and things like that. Yes, I'd like that. Which is also anti-atheist maybe and, and, then, and then sometime we could talk about how i pray with people some well, we've talked about it <laughs> okay well I read we could talk about other things you have a lot of other I read interesting the Bible things sometimes. yeah i think i'm a christian ish and i'm an atheist ish Ish. Okay. Yeah. But we're not changing our tagline on the show right point. i would say i am very much not keen on monotheism yes We'll we'll leave it there Good. for now, and maybe that's a little cliffhanger. We could continue this conversation. Okay, ellipses. Ellipses. <laughs> Thanks so. for joining us. If you have any questions, go to our email address. That's right. Ask us stuff. Give us suggestions. Yeah. Thanks for spending your time here. Yeah, we love you a lot. Yes. <laughs>